Father, we thank you, Lord, for today, God. We thank you for last night, God. We thank you for your presence, God. Just thank you, God, that no one even wanted to leave here last night because your glory was just so thick, God. Father, we want that every single time we come into your presence, God. Every single time we meet with you, Father God, we, you need to show up, God, or it's worthless. It's worth nothing. Father God, rend our hearts, so God, help us to stretch forth the inward depths of ourselves and just touch your depths, God. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you for the word, God. We thank you for the fire upon the altar, God. We thank you for last night's message, but Father, we want another one today, God. We want our daily bread every day, God. We want to hear your voice, God, and we want to know what your will is for our life, Father God. We want to know where to go, what to say, when to do it, when to rest, when to, when to move, and when to stay still. Father God, we need to know what you want, Father God, so we can move accordingly to your will, Father God. In Jesus' name, Father God, we thank you for the fire, the cross, and the blood of Jesus, God. And we thank you, Father God, for everything that you're doing and going to do and have already done. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's message is called Birthright. Let me read from Genesis chapter 25, 19-34. And these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac. And Isaac was 40 years old when he, when he took Rebekah's wife, the daughter of Bethel, Syrian. Okay, I'm going to skip this one. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated to him, and Rebekah was conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And they said, If it be so, why am I thus? And when he inquired of the Lord, and the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb. Two nations are in thy womb. And two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people. And the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red, all over like a hairy garment. And they called his name Esau. And after that, come his brother out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them. And the boys grew, and Esau was cunning hunter, a man of the field. And Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of the ven venison, and Rebekah loved Jacob. And Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and, from the, and, and he was faint. So Jacob made some pottage. He was hanging out in the tent. Esau was out there in the field. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me, this day thy birthright. So Jacob was already thinking in his mind all the time, I that is so important. I wish I was the firstborn. I wish I had this birthright. I wish, but even though that the, the prophecy even came before that, that God knew what was going to happen. And Jacob desired that thing. And Esau allowed his flesh to dictate his conscious mind. He allowed his flesh to... Um, to do something that he really wasn't a smart thing to do. He allowed his flesh to make a decision that his spirit and his, his whole life would dictate in, in, in a wrong direction. So Esau was able to be, and it's kind of like the enemy does to us now in the spirit all the time. He'll offer us something that our flesh desires at a time, forfeiting our birthright, forfeiting things in our life that we, we can have. I'm going to get into that later more in depth. And he said, I pray thee, give me some of that. And he, and he said that. I said before, I am the point to die. And what profit me? My birthright to me. I'm so hungry, I'm going to die. So what's the birthright anyway if I'm going to die? People feel like that all the time. They're like, what's the difference? I need something right now. And I need to have it. And when, when you have it, you realize when you feed that flesh thing, and you're like, oh, why did I do that? I've lost my connection. I'm losing my connection to, 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 to my birthright. I'm losing my connection to my freedom in Christ. I'm losing my connection to hear God. I'm losing that connection that, that Jesus paid the price for us to have. So he said, 
And Jacob said, Swear me this day, and swear unto me. So he even made him make a vow and swear it. And he said, and he sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau the pottage of lentils, and he did eat it, and drink, and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Despise is a very headlet. You look it up, it will say, hey, this it doesn't want, like, just doesn't care about it. So Esau despised his birthright. And a lot of Jewish people are despising their birth heritage. And, and also the stone that the builders rejected is Jesus. Genesis, now, in chapter 26, of course, after something, it's how the Bible, then all of a sudden time goes lapse, and they talk about the famine in the land, and Isaac was blessed, and Isaac got a hundredfold, he sowed in famine, he got a hundredfold blessing, he was all blessed, the nation's blessed, they're just talking about all the different things, and then Isaac got older, because it would, from the birthright, the blessing would go from the father to the son, and it always went to the firstborn, but it, in this case, Jacob just didn't stop with his vow. Let's see what happened. Genesis 27, And it came to pass, when Isaac was old, and his eyes were dim. So all this time passed, but he made that vow. Some of us got to go back and break some vows that we made in the past that we don't even know that we're, we're, we're we come to the time of, of, of facing some circumstance, and we are struggling at that time because of a vow that we made that the enemy had us to make or somebody made or we made it in anger or in our fleshly desires or just because the enemy made us loose our mouth onto something. But God will remind you something and we have the power now to break any type of thing because of the blood of Jesus because of our new birthright in Him. So he said this, and Isaac was old and his eldest son and it came and that he could not see so he even lost his sight. And he called Esau, the eldest son, and said unto him, My son. And he said unto him, Behold, here I am. And he said, Behold, now I am old, and know that the day of my death. Now therefore, take, I pray thee, thy weapons, and thy quiver, and thy bow, and go to the field, and take some venison, and make me a savory meat, such as I love, and bring to me that I may eat, and my soul be blessed before I die. It's so funny that his blind father sends him out to go get something to feed his belly to almost to remind him of what he, what how God had, had, had done this, right? reminding him of what he, he wanted to do is bless his belly and not, and not keep the birthright. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, this is happening now. So he's out there, probably not even taking thought of his, of the vow that he made with his brother. And he said this, to make me in his and Rebecca heard so Rebecca remember Rebecca favored Isaac, um, Jacob and the father favored Isaac because he was the firstborn and but now he's blind so now in Jacob's mind he's like his my brother already vowed to that I don't care whatever I got to do now I'm gonna I'm gonna get I want that birthright and he the whole time he's probably waiting for his father to get old he was that's why he calls Sir Planter. He's imagining things. He's like, this is mine. I already did the first thing is get him to, and that's what Satan does all the time. I, I already get him to 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 speak it out that it's not important because life and death is in the power of time. So he's like, in his conscious mind, he's probably like, I'm not doing nothing wrong when I'm doing this now because I already got him and he did it. And we made a deal. And when I gave him that soup, he didn't think nothing of his birthright. He might have just thought that was no big deal, but I'm I'm keeping that in my heart, and I'm going to make that real. So here we go. He says, and then Isaac's um, record heard his eavesdrum spoke to es- that he spoke to Esau's son. Esau went in the field to bring it, and Rebekah spoke unto Jacob her son, saying, "Behold, I heard your father speak to Esau, thy brother, saying, Bring the venison and make a savory meat." that I might eat and bless thee before the Lord, before my death. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee, and go to the flock and fetch me from thence the good kids and the goats, and I will make thee savory meat. So he's like, go get the goat real quick, and I'll cook it up for you. Because she she said, and I'll, we'll make it real quick. Savory meat, thy father such as he loves. And now, But see, he wanted his son to go out as a sacrifice Go out there, get it for him. not just go to the, go right there real quick and get it because he wanted him. It was almost like a 
a going to the field and getting something first. You know, there was there was a, there was a, a works involved with faith in that, and he was going out there and give him time to. So he went, but he, now he went real quick, and and Jacob said to Rebecca, his mother, behold, Esau, my brother, is hairy a man, and I'm a smooth man, <laughs> smooth in all kinds of ways, right? <laughs> he was he was, and I'm a smooth man. And and then right before that verse it says, And thou shalt bring thy father to eat, and they may bless thee before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah, my father, said, I am a smooth man, and my father prudential, I will I feel me? He will, will, will feel me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me, and not a blessing. And his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse. My son, only obey my voice, and go and fetch me them. And he went and fetched and brought them to him, his mother. And his mother made savory meat, such as his father loved. And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, because he had a certain smell because he was did a certain job. So he put the clothes on him to make him smell like Esau. And then, and then he put them upon Jacob, other son, and then he put the skins of the kids of the goats that he just killed to make the food upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck, because the father blesses and probably rubs the neck and the hand and blesses the right hand or whatever it is. He had the savory meat and the bread and prepared his hand for the son of Jacob. And he came unto his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Where art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau. Thy firstborn. So he lied to his dad. I have done according to what badest me. Arise and pray thee. Sit and eat my venison. For thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said unto his son. How is it that thou hast found it so quickly my son? And he said because thy Lord thy God brought it to me. Lying, lying, lying. And Isaac said unto Jacob. Come near I pray thee. and I, That I may feel thee my son whether thou be very son Esau or not. So he's already feeling in his spirit something's not right. So he's like, let me feel him. And Jacob went near unto Isaac, his father, and felt him and said, voice, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are hands of Esau. And he discerned him not because his hands were hairy and his brother's Esau's hands, so he blessed him. And he said, art thou my son Esau? And I said, I am. And he said, Bring it near to me, and I'll eat my son's venison, and my soul may be may bless thee. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat, and he brought the wine, and he drank. And the father Isaac said unto him, Come near now, and kiss me, and my son. And he came near, and he kissed him. And he smelled the smell of the raiment, and blessed him. And he said, See the smell of my son as it the smell of the field, which is the Lord has blessed. Therefore God give thee the dew of heaven, and the fatness of the earth, and the plenty corn and wine. And let thy serve thee, and thy nations bow down and before thee, and be lord over the brethren. And let thy mother's son bow down thee, and cursed be every one that curses thee, and blesses every one that blesses thee. And it came to pass, as soon as Isaac may, had made an end to the blessing, Jacob was yet scarce, Scarce gone from the presence of Isaac his father, that Esau his brother came in from his hunting, and also had made a savory meat and brought it to his father, and said unto his father, Let let my father rise and eat the venison, and thy soul may be blessed. And Isaac his father said unto him, Why art thou? And he said, Hast thou taken venison and brought to me, and I have eaten him before thee, and camest and blessed him? Yea, he shall be blessed. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great exceeding bitter cry, and said unto him, Father, bless me, even me also, O my father. And he said, Thy brother came with him suddenly, and has taken away thy blessing. And I believe with all my heart that God saw way in the beginning that he didn't think nothing of it, and he let Jacob do that, and he allowed this all to happen, 
Not because Jacob was perfect, not because Jacob didn't lie or deceive her. God was saying, I'm going to work with him. He's going to wrestle with me. I'm going to make him a really great man. But because that wasn't important to him, I'm going to make it. And I believe that's also a shadow of the Jewish people, not really, uh, and, and, and God bringing in the Gentiles because they, they denied the stone that the builders rejected. They killed the, the, the prophets before them, all the things. But God did bless both of them in a certain way, but he got the blessing of his father. And basically, he's like, in Jacob's mind, he's like, well, he already did this, so I'm going to fulfill it. And God's like, I'm going to allow that to happen because he could have done something to stop it. But he allowed it because of what? Esau's heart didn't think much of his inheritance, didn't think much of the blessing as Jacob did. And he said, he is rightly named Jacob. And he said to him, not rightly named Jacob, for he has supplanted me these two times and took away my birthright. Behold, now I have taken away away my blessing. And he said, has thou not reserved a blessing for me? And Isaac answered and said unto Esau, behold, I have made him the Lord and his brother have I given to him for the servants and the Corn and the didn't it even was prophesied even to her that the el, the 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 eldest now will serve the youngest and it was supposed to be the other way around so it was already see God sees the future in all of us and knows the whole future of everything so it was already prophesied about that and he said and he said unto him behold the dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth and the dew of the heaven and he said live and serve thy brother and it shall come to pass that thou shalt have dominion and that shall break his yoke from thy neck. And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing where his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand, and I will slay my brother Jacob. And these words, and we see even that, even in the the spirit of Ishmael. You'll see later how important this becomes. And the words of Esau and her elder son told to Rebekah, She sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said unto him, Behold, your brother Esau is touching thee. Does thou comfort himself, proposing to kill thee? Now, therefore, my son, obey the voice. Flee to Laban, my brother, to Haran, and tarry there a few days, until my brother's anger turn away thee, and forget that which thou hast done. And I will send thee and fetch thee, and thou should be derived in that day. And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the daughters in Heth. Jacob took his wife into Heth and all the daughters. Now we go to, to Genesis 28. He flees and goes, and Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said, You shall be take a wife. And, and then go down to verse 10. talks about the blessing and all the things. And then it goes to, J, to Jacob, went towards him and says, He lighted up a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took the stones of the place and put them in pillows and lay down in the place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold, the ladder was set from heaven. We represent Jacob now, the body of Christ. We represent God taking us out of our sin and out of the things and and, and desiring to have a better life, desiring to to have the blessed Lord, that even the Jewish people, that they turn turn it away, that God said, I'll raise up a people of Gentiles, that they will... That I will provoke jealousy to my firstborn nation and I will use the people of the world and I'll bring all nations to, to worship me and to call on my name. And then he says, and he says here, he says to take, and, he, and now he's wrestling with Jacob. He says, you got to change your ways though. And that's what the Holy Spirit's in the church today, to change our ways when we're in the world, to make us better, to give us a pure heart and clean hands. So God is working with us just as he sent the angel to Jacob to work on Jacob. And he wrestled the angels because Jacob had all these plans of grandiosity. He wanted to rule the nations in a wrong heart. But God says, no, I'm going to let you that because you desire that, but I'm going to change you. And you're going to walk with a limp because when you wrestle with God, you're going to walk different. Because once you, once, you, once you interact with God and God has a plan for your life, you have to walk different. So you're going to have this limp because you're going to know that you encountered me and you're going to be a different man and you're going to walk different because I am in your life. You're not going to walk the way you used to walk. You're going to walk with a limp as a sign and never to forget the encounter you had with me. And he said to him, descending on it, and he said, Behold, above the Lord and Abraham thy father and Isaac liest 
to give thee. And thy seed to the dust of the earth shall spread abroad in the west and the east and the north and all that. And behold, in the places, and it goes on and on, it says, And Jacob awakened out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. Surely the Lord is in this place. So he's like, okay, this is, this is good. God's with me now. Even though I did all that, he's blessing it. He's going to fulfill that. He's not going to remember how I got it. He's going to fulfill my desire for him and for what he has for, for the nation. Because it wasn't even about Jacob. It was about the promise to Abraham. And it's about his promise to his son Jesus. And we get into the whole plan of the whole thing. And Jacob rose up early and took a stone out of pillows and the pillars and poured oil on it. A stone again. I believe that stone represents Christ again. And he said, just like last night, all the things that we said. And he said this. He took the stone and he put it as a pillow in the pillar and poured oil on it. And God says he's going to pour, says the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me, the anointing oil, to heal the sick, to heal the broken heart, to set at liberty them that are bruised. He has anointed me to preach the gospel. He has anointed J- Jacob to, 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 to father the twelve tribes of Israel that, uh, that would be the, and be sent twelve different ways. But it, also earlier you see what just happened when he said to him, he said to him about... Then his brother, he, Isaac also says, I want to kill him. And look who, who he ends up hooking up with. He ends up hooking up with Ishmael. So he ends up hooking up with Ishmael. You'll read it in the scriptures. And then he said this, And Jacob called this place Bethel, the name of the city, because Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me, I will keep me in this way that I go. And I will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. See, he, he, had, a, he had his encounter. And the stone which I have set for a pillar, Jesus, the chief cornerstone again, to be God's house, and of thou shalt give, and I will surely give a tenth unto thee. So even before Moses thought, he said, I'm going to give a tenth unto thee. See, it's a covenant thing. That God does. Now let's go to Hebrews. We're foreseeing. Now we have that inheritance. So it's like, do you understand? And now Paul is trying to get to Christians' mind. Do you know that? Understand that we can also give up our birthright. Our birthright is running all the time. The blessing's there. But if we give over to our flesh, if we give over to the things that we desire, if we give over to what our belly wants, and we make our belly our God, then what will happen? We will actually lose our blessing and birthright. Oh, you might be blessed in things, but the, the true blessing is walking in the kingdom of God. That is our birthright. To have peace, joy, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost, and to not strive. And I believe that became a rock, because our birthright is to rest in Christ. So the rock was Christ. So what he, he made it a pillow. You would think, oh, that's hard. That's not... But he is a symbol of resting in Christ. To resting on, on, on Christ. The rock of our salvation. He said, if you build your house upon the sand and the storms come, it will wash away. But if you build your house upon the rock, the storms and flood will come. And when the shake in the world and when the economies fall and the stock market dies and whatever happened in the 1930s could happen now, it's not about that. You're not going to be shaken because you are built upon Jesus Christ, the rock. And the finisher of our faith. We fall on the rock. Jacob finally fell on the rock. And he finally rested with what God's will was for his life. What God wanted for his life. Not no longer what he was dreaming. The things that he wanted. The whole time, all those times between chapter 25 and 27. The things that he was desiring in his own mind when I get the blessing. You know, and we all do. I'll be king. I'll have businesses. I'll do all this stuff. And oh God, just bless it. Because I'll do what I want, and I'll do, and I'll make you the time. I'll give you, you know, whatever I desire. You know, I'll do good things, but it's all about me. But Jacob's like, no, I have a purpose and a plan now. It isn't, my God, the angel came to set him straight. But he's, he started to walk crooked for the rest of his life. Because he walked with a limp. Because God said, your people are going to see that you're walking differently. And then you can tell them the story of your encounter 
with me. The story of your salvation with Him. The testimony that you have with God. What is it? How important is your birthright to Him? See, we, we live it all the time. And we give up things all the time for little little cups of, 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 of lentil soup that satisfy for a second. But after that, we're never satisfied. So he says in Hebrews 12, 1 to 7, Wherefore we see in compass with a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight of sin that does easily beset us. And let us run with patience that race set before us, looking unto Jesus, the rock, the author, the finisher of our faith, the rock of our salvation, the chief cornerstone, the one that laid it all down and shed his blood. Look to the one that we worship. And who for the joy set before him endured it. For the joy set before What is your birthright to? Then the other level is eternity with God forever. But there's also an inheritance right here and now. It's called the kingdom of God is at hand. It's called walking in the spirit. And he said who endured despising the shame. Sat down on his right hand at the throne of God. For considering that he endured the contempt contradiction of sinners against himself, lest he weird and faint in your minds. Yea, have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and you have forgotten it in the exhortation which speaketh unto you as the children of my son. Despise not the chastening of the Lord. And also it says in other scriptures, despise not the prophecy. And the, the Bible is a prophecy for all of us. Whether you got a personal word or not, you're in the New Testament. You have a birthright. So you have a prophecy. Do not despise the word of God for your life. Do not despise prophecy, it says, and do not quench the Holy Spirit. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. It says it right around the same places. So he says, and they have begotten an exhortation speaking unto, unto the children. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. And we know in Proverbs 3 it says that God, those that he chastens, he loves. If he just ignored you and let you turn over and didn't keep coming after you, didn't keep making you, sometimes our misery and stuff is God's mercy to reach out for him. Because if we feel good and think everything's good, that's called deception if it's not good. And if it's not good, if you're not blood-bought, it's not good. Because no matter what you feel on this earth, what you're going through, if you end up getting in a car accident or going over here or going over there, and your life's expelled that day, it's not good. doesn't matter how good you think it is on this side. Your birthright is for the other side. But you can have an inheritance now as being co-heir and joint heirs with Christ because you're a covenant. And what He came and gave us back dominion over everything, everything we have dominion, and Satan is under our feet. But if we despise our birthright, we can deal with Him constantly. Endure it all. And you have forgotten the ex- it says, not resist unto the blood of striving and sin speaketh, not despise the chastity of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For when the Lord loveth he chasteneth, and scourge every son he receiveth. If you endure chastening, if you endure correction, if you endure the word of God in your life and don't Push it away. Don't despise the Word of God. That the Word of God is a sword. What is the Word of God? Why do we sit here and listen to this every single week? Because we go into the world, we do the things, and it keeps cutting off the flesh that tries to get strong in our life. It cuts it and makes our spirit the strong leader. And it is the Word of God that does it. It reminds us of who we are. It reminds us of what it is. It's a mirror to to our life. And when we get off, the Word of God pricks our heart, and it brings us back into place. That's why the Word of God is so important. And when the Spirit of life is upon it, it makes it the power of the cross in our lives to change us into the image of Him that bought us for a price. So we are bond servants of the Most High, not of the world. The world has nothing for us. We're in the world, but we're not of it. The world only has loves itself and wants to do what it wants to do and wants to serve the flesh. But the kingdom of God is we sacrifice the flesh. But God, then the, the, as we exchange these things, we don't realize this is way better until we get there because we're deceived. Because we've been brought up and trained that it's the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Everything that our belly wants is, is good. What feels good, do it, is what the world tells you. What God says, if you, if you put off those things, you're going to receive and you're going to say that taste me. T- 
taste and see that the Lord is good, better than the world, because He created us. And He would never have something better than Him to compete with. That becomes the living sacrifice in your life. The chastisement, where our per- And it says this, But we are without chastisement, therefore we are not partakers. Then are you bastards and not sons. Furthermore, if we, he's saying, if you've been, you know, you say Jesus your Lord and you don't receive it and you run and you're rebellious and you do whatever you want, you're not really a son because your behavior says you're a bastard because you're not acknowledging who your father is. You're still your own God. And that's what he's saying. He says, oh, you had an encounter, you even got the salvation, but you can still run as a fatherless son. Even that's what Esau did, right? That's what he did. He said, you know what, it's not a big deal. I don't care about the blessing from my father until it really came time for it. Why? Because everything was more important. We don't really, not going to think, and like, it wasn't a big deal until you run out and get hit by a car and all of a sudden you face God and you're like, and then it's going to be a real big deal, your birthright. Because he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Worker of iniquity. Right? You say, oh my God. Then it becomes, well, my father's about to die. Oh, this is important now, but God wanted to be important. Just like Cain and Abel. The offering time when his son to Cain it was important the whole time to Abel it was important the whole time. Cain didn't think nothing of it. It was just religion to him. Even though God, Jacob had wrong thoughts about his birth and what everything wanted to do, God said, "I'll deal with that. I have power to do that." It's his desire to want what I have. If you just desire to want what you have, that's how God gets a lot of people in to serve. You know, the desire to want what He has, but then when they realize realize what it is, He ain't gonna give you what you want. But he allowed Jacob to do this because he has the power to, to, to change anybody's heart and change their walk. Furthermore, your flesh was corrected of us, gave reverence. Shall you not rather be under subjection to the Father of spirits and live? Under subjection to the Holy Spirit and live. Anyone in Christ is a new creation. Old things are passed away, all things become new. In Christ we move and live and have our being. In Christ we are hidden in, in the rock. And, and He is our shield, our buckler, and He is the author and finisher of our faith, all through the things. But how do you stay in Christ? You continue to be a living sacrifice. And when you fall away, you cut that flesh off. And God will give you, He's going to give you food to eat. He's going to give you the pleasures that your, your heart desires. But He has to be first. And He says this, And the chastening for the present seemed to be joyous. It says, for, okay. And chasten after their own pleasures, but... Verse 10, for our prophet, we might be partakers of his holiness, of his holiness, that partakers of his holiness. That's the blessing right there. Now, not chastening for the present seem to be joyous, but grievous. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, the fire. We hate it, right? Oh, God, you do this. But trust him. Allow him to do the work in us and to us because it's going to be worth it all. And that's why we need to know who we are and what we are and what the word really means in our life so we can it, it, we can apply it. And it's an impossible. As we mortify the deeds of the flesh, the things that you used to look forward to, they just die away. They don't, they don't have a hold. Satan had nothing to hold Jesus when he tempted him in the wilderness. And when he said, there's nothing in the world that had him. He's like, what are you talking about? I know who I am. I know what I have. I know that there's nothing you can give me. I have everything already. My father made you even, and you messed up because you could have had a much better future if you would have just held on and not have got prideful and wanted to, to be higher than God. And that's what people do on the earth all the time. They want to be their own God. Well, God created the heavens and the earth, and he made us. And for anyone to think they can be God is the biggest blasphemy in the world, and everyone does it. And God has a place for those people that want to be God. Wherefore, and that's why New Age is, oh, your God's your inner power and all this. It's all the, it's all the Antichrist spirit because it's, it's lawlessness. That What promotes this is liberal, liberal lawlessness comes from not being submitted to truth and the power of God that changes us. You become liberal and lawless. And you decide in your own mind, you exalt your ways above the word of God, making yourself God, and then putting yourself right in the devil's kingdom. And he says this, Wherefore we lift our hands and hang in our feeble knees and make straight our path to your feet, lest that which the lame, the lame, get that, the lame, be turned out of the way and be rather be healed. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man will see the Lord. Looking diligently, diligently, look that word up on your own time. Diligently means you're just doing it, man. Lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness, bitter towards God, a lot of people say, I'm mad at God. 
Well, you better pull that out. Looking, springing up, trouble you, and therefore many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau. He called Esau the fornicator. He called Esau the profane person. Why? He didn't think much of God. Jacob was, the, I would say, Jacob's the, Esau's just, you know, living for himself. Jacob was Sir Planner. But he said, Esau, fornicator. Why? Because he fornicated to the world, to his belly. See, we fornicate in spiritual error because we have darkness and light. So when we serve the world and the other things, we become fornicators in the spiritual realm. Yeah, you become fornicated in the flesh if you're married to somebody. And you shouldn't fornicate. You shouldn't be with anyone. But when we when we sleep with Eliah, and like yesterday's, when we marry Jezebel, when we're supposed to be uh, ruling the nations and God being that, that God has to come and restore the altars in the church. And because that's what he's doing, he's restoring, he's bringing back, in that aspect of last night, he's bringing back the Holy Spirit to run the church. Because man has taken over the church. Man has no power besides away from God. So he says this, for you know not after when you would have, he says this like, the profane person as Esau, for when he, for one morsel of meat, sold his birthright. For his what? For the flesh. He's like hungry. For if you if he had known that afterward, then he would have inherited the blessing. He was rejected. For he found no place. Of, now Paul's reminding us of this story that he knew in the Old Testament. Paul the Pharisee, he knew this story pretty well. But now he's got the Spirit of God to really give revelation to us right now in the church for our lives in this time in this season wherever the word it never stops so it's for you right now and he's saying this and this is what he's saying to the church afterward when he had inherited the blessing he was rejected for he had found no place of repentance though he sought it with tears he was mad about being deceived he was mad at his brothers but he never repented after that he never thought about it till that one day so he never really got that thing right or took his brother there and say, hey, I did this, Father. I want to confess this, that Esau, I did that. And I was like, and I'm so convicted because I said that to him. Father, please forgive me. I thought I thought very little of the birthright. God would have made sure it was worked out right at the end there. But he just thought of nothing when he did it, right? So, and he said, he called him a fornicate and sold his birthright. For know how he would, afterward he would have inherited the blessing. He was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully. With See, he had worldly sorrow, but not godly sorrow. Godly sorrow leads to repentance. Worldly sorrow, it says in the Bible, leads to death. You can get mad at yourself and be sorry that you don't have the blessing, but repentance means you do something about it. Philippians 3, now, finally, brother, rejoice in the Lord and write on the same things. Beware of evil workers, consensions, beware of dogs. For they're not of the circumcision, they worship in the spirit and rejoice. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, I do not trust in the flesh. Circumcised on the day of day. And it goes on and on. But with all things are gained to me, that I count it loss for Christ. He says, concerning zeal, I persecuted the church. I did all these things in the law, blameless. In the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, for whom I suffered the loss, things I count it, them all dung, that I may win Christ. He said, count it all dung and win Christ. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is in the law, but through the faith in Christ, the righteousness which is in God by faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, and be fellow suffer suffering, and be made conformable. And it goes on here, brethren, I count on myself apprehended this one thing, forgetting those things behind, and pressing and reaching forth until the things that are before me. I press toward the prize of the mark. I, I press toward my inheritance, my blessing every day, and the one eternal life with Him. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if any be otherwise minded, God will reveal this unto you. Nevertheless, wherefore we have already obtained, let us walk the same rule and let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be ye followers together in me and mark them which walk that which walk so as you have us for an example. For many walk whom I have told you often, and now let you even weeping that they be the enemies of the cross. Many don't change their walk when they meet Christ. So they become enemies of the cross. Because if you deny the power of the cross, 
you become an antichrist yourself. You can be saved. And if you deny the power of the cross, you're just giving up. You're giving up your work. You can't give up. No matter what you're going through, it doesn't matter if you're going through the fire. God will not let you give up. And he, he's not going to say today, well, I let you go. I said, I, I, I chased you. I ran after you all of this time. And never was a day that I didn't think about you. And you kept walking back to me. So God's like, there won't, God is a perfect God. So there won't be any excuse to, oh, God, you helped this person more than me. No, it's all about us pressing into the mark of the high calling, which he called us to. Do not give up. And he says, whose end is destruction? Whose God is their belly? He's talking to us Christians. What's for eyes or light? What, how, how much is our inheritance to you? How much is it? Do we waste it every day by that bowl of soup that we drink? Or eat in the flesh whatever your bowl of soup might be? One morsel of meat? I just got to have that thing. You know, every day. God will say, you know what? I know it's a struggle. Here's the cross. And here I am. How much do you want it? And it's like, and we're like, oh God, give me grace to do it. God's like, if you really want it, it's right here. The cross is right here. Freedom is right here. It's two steps away. If you really want it, you repent. You just don't, oh, I hate my life. I hate this. I can't live this Christian life. Oh, God, give me grace to do this. He's like, do you see me bloody on the cross? Then I resurrected. There's your grace. Touch it, the cross, and watch what I do for you in your life. So he's saying that the cross is always picking up our cross daily. That's what it is all about. Whose destruction is their belly. So we got to get our belly under submission to the power of God. Who mind, it's going to probably say right here, I think it says, yeah. And to mind, who mind earthly things. God's going to give us earthly things, especially to advance his kingdom. You need finances, you need places, you need shelter, you need vehicle, you need things. But our, is he, the blessing that God wants to bless us here now is to advance his kingdom. To advance his kingdom. And if we continue to give up those things, we won't let... Uh, uh, us be taken out for the other things. And it, it takes the word of God and the spirit of Elijah every single day of our life. It, cha- it says this, and we all need it. Nobody can make it without the power of the cross. No one can make it without becoming a living sacrifice. It's impossible. But see, they don't want to tell them. That's why they become false prophets and, and, and preachers of their own, own desire because they tell people everything they want to hear, but they're not telling people what God wants to tell them. That's what makes them didn't matter where they start. It, because it became, they're even becoming, they want to say what they want because then it, everyone says how great they are and how great the gift is. There's no resistance. You tell everyone you're going to do great, you're doing great, you don't have to do anything for this. Then all of a sudden, you don't have to do anything for your salvation. But my God, you need to press every day to, 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 to keep yourself walking because the devil will take you out. He will deceive you. You'll do that. It's all through the Bible. And it's, 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 it's all through there. I say this, though. It's harder to, once you've tasted things, to, to, to even allow because you know. It's, but the devil doesn't stop. And I told this last night. You are a target if you're trying to advance his kingdom and you're sitting under the truth. He doesn't want that. He wants to deceive everybody. Just like he deceived. He, he Satan was working. Jacob didn't know. God just didn't respond because God already prophesied it. He knew what was going to happen. But lying, stealing, all that, that comes from the spirit of the devil. Satan deceived, used Jacob to deceive Esau. It was Satan ultimately, but God said, said, you can't mess up my plans. (laughs) So, and it's all my, you know, and I see the future. It's like, whatever you do. But I'm like, that shows us that we can have an inheritance. We can have something for us and we can allow, Satan can mess it up. Because it says it's obtained for the firstborn to receive the inheritance and the blessing. Right? But he, what happened? Satan came in and deceived them. Called him deceiver. Who's the author of deception? Satan. The father of lies. You say, who's the biggest lie in the world? Satan. If he's the father of lies, that means he is the father. And God is the father of holiness. And he says this, you charge, and I'm almost done. And charge his vile body and take... And made it fashioned like unto his own glorious body, according to the working whereby we're able to subdue all things unto himself. Now this is our inheritance right now in the kingdom. Romans 8, and we'll close. Therefore, now there is no condemnation. Oh boy, start feeding your belly. You'll live in condemnation. You can't hear these messages and then go in the week and serve your belly. You'll have condemnation. But in Christ, you don't. When you're in Christ, you're walking in the Spirit. You do not fulfill the lust of your belly. That's what it says in the Word. So that's your inheritance right now. 
That's the one I want to talk to you right now. Because if you do this, you'll have the other automatically. If you walk in this, you will definitely go to the doorway of eternity. And there's nobody. We see all the time people getting off this, this way and that way. All the different times. But you will walk in the Spirit. You will not fulfill the lust of your belly. And you will obtain that promise. For the law of the Spirit is life. But in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin. That's another inheritance. You don't have to walk in the law. You fulfill it in Christ. You walk in the Spirit. You do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For what the law could not do and that was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So what God wants us to know is what Esau gave up for the flesh, his inheritance, and what's in the Spirit. All things. When you walk in the Spirit, you have the fruits of the Spirit. You manifest Christ. When you walk in the Spirit, you walk in peace, joy, and righteousness. It's when we allow the deceiver that was working on Jacob to come and deceive us through someone to say, oh, this is better. I want that. Then to give up something so easily because our, because our flesh is saying, oh, I want that. But you say, oh, God. But the whole thing with the flesh thing and the thing with us is the thing that brings us closer to God. That's the whole purpose of the whole thing. Becoming a living sacrifice to God. I can't, and you keep messing up, finally He takes it. Or finally He leaves it. Whatever He does with it, you have to continue to get in the Spirit. And stay in the Spirit. If, if you started and you stay in the Spirit half the day and the other half, eventually you, it, it'll start to shift. And you'll walk in the Spirit every minute of the day of your life if you allow the power of the cross to work in your life. That is your inheritance now. And don't give it up for a morsel of, of meat. Or a bowl of soup. Because our, our belly is not our God. And the righteous, and it says this, and being, and it says this, and let the, after, because in religion, they say, oh, there's no condemnation of Christ Jesus. All of them are living for their belly. They've given out their birthright. They, they have all these idols in their life. And they try to take scripture out of context. And, and Satan doesn't even put condemnation on them. And they sear their conscience. And God's put no conviction. And they're all deceived. And they think everything's great. And I have, I got everything, you know. I'm both TV spokesman. Everything's great. It ain't. You're just, you're messed up, man. You're gonna be messed up because we have a purpose, and we cannot hoard up things for ourselves. We cannot do the things that the world does because the Word tells us not to. And the Holy Spirit in us will, the Word of God will circumcise our flesh daily. It does that if we. Let it do the work. It says it's a divider of the bone, the marrow, and the it's, it, it, it cuts off the things that try to get a hold of us. It says this, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God and is subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. For then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Be ye not, then what is he doing? He's always chastening you, correcting you. So you can't really inherit the, the blessing of peace, joy, and righteousness when you're always being corrected for being rebellious. So you got to shake off the rebellion so you can receive the blessing. You're settling for You're striving, working hard, trying to plan your whole future, this and that. And God's got everything. And you're like trying to figure it out just like Jacob. i got it all figured out. But God, you're going to wrestle with God and eventually God is going to win. The angel represents maybe the Holy Spirit. You wrestle with holiness. You're a wrestling thing. But you know what? The minute you surrender, you become that ladder. As Jacob, we become a full access to heaven and the glory comes and the ladder is Jesus. He's given us full access to the throne of God, to the power of God, and to the anointing of God. He says that we will do greater things because he's gone to the Father and he's an advocate. He's, he is our advocate and he's also the, our great intercessor and he's our mediator between us and God because of the blood that he shed on the cross. But we have to receive it. We have to walk in it. We have to. The whole thing, people, like I said, it's done already. It is finished. He did everything that he's supposed to do. Now he says, now you have power to overcome the world. And those that overcome will receive their inheritance. We are overcomers already. The thing is, how bad do you want to live in that glory right now? You can't live in the flesh and sin constantly and think that you're going to live in the glory. So God is, we mortify the deeds of the flesh by surrendering to the power and the grace of God. I surrendered to you, Holy Spirit. My God, oh, I did it. 
Oh, I did that thing. Oh, I got to argue and I did this. Whatever your thing is, whatever your idol is, whatever your soul tie is stopping you from receiving your inheritance, you can have it. You just need to surrender. And say, oh, what's that? For? They surrendered. They got tired of being God of their self. They said, you know what? Never works. Being my own God never works. Go from job to job. I'm never happy. This never works out. I'm depressed. Spirit's on me. Because you know what? Satan is the God of everybody who thinks they're their own God. So your God's really Satan because you're your own God and you don't want to submit to the God that created all things in heaven because that's where the blessing is. That's where the inheritance is. So because the carnal man is enemy against God, he's subject neither to God. And he says that they are in the flesh, cannot please God. But they are in the, that, but in the flesh, but in the spirit. This is our inheritance, walking in the spirit. It's really simple. It's not easy to do, but it's simple. Not It's like just focus. Love God with all my heart, mind, and body, and soul. And law. And I got to stay in the spirit. Stay in the spirit. Oh, that God, I'm in the flesh. That brings relationship because God is spirit and you're connecting to him. And the more you stay connected to him, the more your relationship grows. And the storms that he brings you through, sometimes he's even bringing it to them. He didn't even do nothing wrong. Because he's saying, I want more out of you. I want more from you. I created you. I want to use you. Not use you. I want to work with you more. That's almost. <laughs> heard that so much, you know, on Christian television my first couple of years of thing, you know. If you want God to use you. How about you better do your thing? <laughs> no, I just want to surrender and just be a vessel to hit, that he works with. That he says, and he'll say to you sometimes, what do you want to do today? All right, I'll go do this. And he'll bless it. That's the inheritance. He'll bless it. Go here, oh, you want to do that? Fine. You're walking in the Spirit. When you're walking in the Spirit, he can use you anywhere, anytime. Because he's manifesting life out of you in the Spirit. The Spirit is life. And he says, And the Spirit in him that raised Jesus from the dead. He says, The body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Not ours, his. So when you tap in, you tap into perfection. There that cannot, and it says, And the Spirit himself raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in you. Everybody stand up. The Spirit dwells in you. Everybody just put your hand on your belly. And say, the Spirit dwells in me. In you. It says this. Look what it says. Dwells in you that raised Christ from the dead and will quicken your mortal bodies. If it can quicken your mortal bodies, raise you from the dead, how much more do you think it can sanctify your body and cut the flesh things off your body? By His Spirit that dwells in you. And if it doesn't dwell in you, you better get Him in you. Because I tell you, there is hell. And there is heaven, and God is not mocked. And every man that doesn't make him Lord of his life and cries out and receives the free gift of salvation. It's a free gift. There's nothing you got to do but say, God, I, I'll follow you. And then you start to pick up your cross. And the first part's the easiest part of the world. Then you go, and he'll, but he walks with you. He walks with you. He's not going to let you go. He didn't go through all that, shed every ounce of blood, despise, naked, wretched, and bewildered, and spit on, and and ashamed to, to have you receive all that, and then two weeks later just not think nothing of it. Now he's going to think, oh my gosh, I got the main point. They received it. I'm going to do all mine. Now I have a covenant. So now everything is yours that is mine, and everything that's yours is mine. So it's like, and now I have power. Now I have the power. I have everything. So the power of the cross works in your life. So if you live after the flesh, you will die. But if through the Spirit you do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. He says, through the Spirit do you mortify it. Through the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Well, why as you walk in the Spirit, you're mortifying the deeds of the flesh automatically. The deeds of the body, you shall live. For many that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, where we cry, Abba, Father, where He is our Daddy. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. For the children that are heirs of God, this is our inheritance right now. Right now on the earth. And let's just talk about it. Everybody knows that. That's what everyone wants to preach. But nobody focuses on now. And everybody struggles and all this and gets deceived. But if we focus on now, that will automatically come. But everyone's looking to that and, and thinking that this is nothing. But God didn't, didn't, didn't put His Spirit in us. And make us more again for us just to be normal. We're now lit, we're now ambassadors from heaven. Ambassadors from heaven aren't normal when you when you are an ambassador of the kingdom of God. 
says, you're joint heirs with Christ, and if you suffer with him, you will be glorified with him. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not to be worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. What's suffering? Joy. How do you suffer? Joy of peace is right. When you get persecuted. When finally the end comes and the government says, kill every Christian or they take the mark of the beast, you're going to suffer. Seeing your brother being burned, to that there's suffering. The suffering, I'm not talking about, but in the spirit, there's no suffering unless you become into to the hands of persecution. Jesus suffered on the cross because of persecution, because he spoke the truth. When you spoke to, speak the truth, you'll suffer persecution. So they, 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 they hate you because they hated me first. They only hate you because Satan hates you and in them, and they don't know any better. They don't really hate you because they, they, they will love you. If they knew him, him, they would know you. Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities, that we should pray for what we ought to. In Spirit, make an intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, that He searches in the hearts and knoweth the minds and the Spirit, because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God, that we know that all things work together for good, that them will love God, and them that are called according to His purpose, not according to our own desires and our own purpose. Them that are love God and are called according to His purpose. So find your purpose and in the Spirit, you'll find your purpose. You'll find it really easy. People say, what's my purpose? Because they walk in the flesh. It's almost impossible to tap into God and find your purpose when you're always walking in the flesh. What is your bowl of porridge, your bowl of lentil that you keep, that the devil keeps saying, oh, you know you want this? But we're under the surface of grace now. It's not one time you messed up like that and deceived. We can get those, we can say no to, to, that, to, that, to that bowl of lentil soup. We can say no to our belly because we have the cross and the power to mortify the deeds of the flesh. So it's God's like, how much do you really want it? Because if you really want it, you have it. It's right there. Because you really don't have to do it. All you have to do is give up and He does it. You give up and He does it. The fight is you not wanting to give up. You thinking that's so good and all it does is never satisfies you. That thing we do is so good, but after you do it, you feel the conviction. It's like, why did I do it? And then you're like, then condemnation comes because Satan, and then you got to go to the cross, the whole thing. And if we learn not to have to do that whole process, that we become more and more like him, faster. And Satan won't even mess. He's like, I can't walk in the Spirit. I can't. You're hidden in Christ. He doesn't even know where you're at. That's, and that's what we want to live. That's our inheritance right now. That's, our, that's his plan for our lives right now. Here we go. According to his purpose. For who he did foreknow, he did predestinate, to be, he predestinated you to be conformed into the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn. Now Jesus is the firstborn. We inherit the blessing because he got the firstborn blessing, and we inherit everything that is as equal to what Jesus received. As the firstborn of many brethren, not you, men and women, we're all brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, he also called, and whom he called, then he justified. You are justified to do this. It's not for the other person. It's for you. Every single one of us are justified to mortify the deeds of the flesh and walk in the Spirit. To whom he also glorified. Christ in you, the hope of glory. What is the hope of the world? It's in you. But if you're walking in the flesh, you'll never be able to give them nothing. That's important to God. That's why it's not really even about you and him. He can deal with that. It's like if you don't do that, they don't get him. If they don't get him, then the whole plan is a spotless bride, and that's you. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Walk in the Spirit, nothing can be against you. You're against yourself when you want to take that, that temptation of that thing. But right now, God's saying, I'll take it. I'll take that thing. And when the temptation comes, I'll give you the power to, 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 to fight it. So, Father, we thank you that you're our God. And no matter what it is, if it's pride, if it's those hidden sins, if it's any anything, God, that that we know in our heart is, is sin or wrong to you, God, and we do it and we hate it and we just want to get, God, but if, 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 if this is, has to, to happen, God, we don't want to struggle like this anymore. But my God, if the struggle keeps us to get into eternity too, then that's better than just getting deceived. Keep running that cross. Keep fighting. Do not give up. He said, I press forth to the mark of a high calling, which he called us to. The high calling is to be a son of God, to inherit the kingdom of God, to have everlasting life in the glory of God, to be with God forever and to never die. Never die. This, this body dies, but we never die because our, we're a living soul. 
But we die in hell because hell is death, and the soul will live forever. That means mind, body, and soul. You'll always be thinking of what you should have done, could have done, and it'll torment you. And you'll live that, and all the things, and your body will go in the fire and the, the pain. It's horrible. And if you need to know, and we need to inherit the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord will make you very wise to the word, and you'll follow the steps of the righteous. And nobody's saying we all fall short in different areas all the time. But we all make mistakes. But God's saying, do not give up. And I will do it. All of a sudden, you will begin to walk different. Just like Jacob. You will begin to walk different. You will begin to look different. My gosh, he, he was a respected man. And he had the 12 sons. He got It was a major transformation. That's like what happens to us in our salvation. Major transformation. was that? People said, what happened to that Jacob? Man, he was like a deceiver, a sojourner. He's like, now he's ruling nation, having 12 sons and blessing them and ruling them. He was, he was, he was considered a, a righteous man. Why? Because he gave up his will, his ways, his, his, the things that he thought he wanted and what, what, what all the blessing was about, what Christianity was about, what this whole thing was about. I said, God, it can't be what I think it's about. It's got to be what you, your word says it's about. So, Father, we, we open the altar today, God, for whatever you want. And if God's tugging on your heart to anything that you want to give Him, just keep doing it. Keep coming. Keep running after Him.